in the morning when you want the news you need the front page every hour on the press box nothing's writing on this except the uh, first amendment the constitution freedom of the press and maybe the future of the country not that any of that matters and now the news Trey Lance will miss the rest of the season. He suffered an ankle injury, was carted off the field during the 49ers game on Sunday. Jimmy Garoppolo took over quarterback. He was 13 and 21 for 154 yards. Jimmy G. That's why they didn't get rid of him. Wow. It was. I mean, it was a legitimate reason to keep him on the roster rather than trade him for nothing or cut him for nothing. Um, So now the 49ers don't have Trey Lance for the rest of the year, which, by the way, absolutely sucks. Every part of that sucks. Like, I see Trey Lance. Trey Lance had the opportunity to be a starting quarterback for a good team in the NFL and ankle injury in week two done for the year. That sucks. Like everything about that sucks. And now to the 49ers, um, you're basically piecing it back together with Jimmy They're Garoppolo. back together. And they'll probably be fine, right? But we've seen the ceiling on this team with Jimmy Garoppolo. They're a team that their run game and defense can win some playoff games but you're not winning the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo unless your run game and defense are the best the NFL's ever seen. It's just not going to happen. So we know the ceiling with Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, but it sucks for Trey Lance because I wanted to see how good Trey Lance could be because there's a chance that he could have been awesome or it could have he could have failed and it would have been funny that the 49ers went to Trey Lance and he sucked. He's back to pass. Lux throws middle. Caught. Touchdown. Garrett Wilson caught it, his second touchdown catch of the game. And if the Jets kick the extra point, they take the lead with 22 seconds left. An unbelievable collapse by the Browns in the last two minutes of the game. The Browns took a 13-point lead with two minutes and two seconds to go on a Nick Chubb touchdown. But they missed the extra point, so it stayed at 13. Then, the Jets had a 66-yard passing touchdown. Then, the Jets recovered an onside kick. Then, the Jets drove 53 yards in less than a minute to score, and as you just heard, take the lead. And Jacoby Brissett threw a brutal interception at the end of the game when the Browns had a chance to get back in field goal range and win it. Who had the biggest collapse on Sunday? Ravens, Raiders, Browns. Browns. Because, because of, how much, so because of how, much le- how much time was left when Nick Chubb scored. I mean, the Raiders were just a painful collapse as it, it happened was. over. It took so it long. It took so long to collapse. And <laughs> and Baltimore, no, I think, I think the Browns did. I think they had the worst collapse. I think so, too. I will say, based on expectation of the teams involved... I think I would expect the Browns to collapse before the Raiders and Ravens, right? Like I, but man, two Oh two left. And here, and again, the other part of this, they lost, it would have been an overtime, but they lost because of a missed extra point. Yeah, they, they missed the point, right? Like that missed extra point caused them to lose the game instead of 30, caused 30. them to blow it and right. go to overtime. Right. Unreal and unbelievable that we had all three of those collapses on the same day. More unbelievable is Josh McDaniels knew about all of them right after his team lost. <laughs> well, they've been playing that game to the point where I'm pretty sure Sunday Night Football was done. <laughs> Maher from 50 for the win. With three seconds showing. Snap, hold, kick from 50. Maher! 
Cowboys better with Cooper Rush? No, but come on, no, say he it. stood he stood say up it. for one game. Say it. They're Just, better with I think Cooper it's Rush. Second, I think it's his second year coach. I think it's his second career start. But give the kid credit. Um I thought we have a survivor league where some people got uh, got uh, knocked out on this one. Oh. Oh yeah. That's never fun. No. I won my survivor league in week one, so <laughs> I don't have to worry about how that. How many people were in it? Uh, seven. Oh, okay. I was the only one who got the right. <laughs> there have like, been some upsets. We had 25 in ours, and I think there's seven left after two weeks. Not a lot. Is it going to make it to week 10? Probably not. Oh. It normally doesn't. I've been in Ed's before. <laughs> it normally doesn't. <laughs> it's not. So, uh, sometimes, weirdly, though, it'll be three Adam Hill entries. That are still... <laughs> sometimes we're wondering if we should just start all over. Joe Burrow. Threw for 199 yards on 36 attempts, by the way. He's still at his locker. Uh, one touchdown. The Bengals are now 0-2, and they have lost to Pittsburgh and Dak Prescott-less Dallas. Are they going back to the playoffs? It's hard to go to the playoffs when you're 0-2. That's why we had percentages with the Raiders last night. And I think the Raiders have a better chance to get even in the AFC West <laughs> than the Bengals do. The Bengals are not going back to the postseason. It is not happening for this team. We've talked a lot about the AFC West being difficult. The Ravens, well, despite the fourth quarter yesterday, the Ravens are very good. The Steelers are going to be an annoying team that wins eight or nine right. games. Always right? are. And they've already beat the Bengals, right? And then the Browns uh, are good enough to give you problems. They're good enough that you're not just going to coast past the Browns. That division is not easy. And the Bengals are now 0-2. This team is not going to the postseason. Right. Like, Joe Burrow is going to have to go on an absolute heater again, like he did at the end of last season. And I don't know that that's happening. That seemed like a fluky end of the season, a fluky playoff run to get to the Super Bowl. And this team, I think, is more likely to be picking in the top 10 than playing in the playoffs. All right. You said that before the year. Remember when we said teams that we didn't think was going to be as good as everyone did? Your team was Cincinnati. I didn't think they'd be this bad, though. Well, I don't think you thought they'd be 0-2 after losing <laughs> yes. to, to uh, Cooper Rush. Right. I would not have. But, yes, before the season, I did not think the Bengals would be as good as projected. But I did not. If you had said they're I mean, you might have thought they'd lose to Pittsburgh, but Dallas, no. Not right. I would Rush. not have been like, ah, Cooper Rush is going to get them in right. week two. Right. I'd be like, no. If Cooper Rush is playing, Joe Burrow is going to blow them out of the water. And, by the way, the other part of this. The Cowboys, they they went in this game. They gave Ezekiel Elliott 15 carries. What's happened to Zeke? He had 3.5 yards per yeah. carry. He had one carry over 10 yards. Like, give the ball to, like, the Tony Pollard guy's way better. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. what are they doing? They're like, oh, we Zeke is like Zeke. Chandler Jones. <laughs> well, no. we Zeke actually does something. It's not good, but he does. <laughs> Chandler Jones just gets blocked, and you never see the guy. Press box. Transition. Robert Valdez pitched six innings while allowing two earned runs against the A's on Sunday. That was his 25th straight quality start. He set the MLB record for a single season for quality starts. Jacob deGrom has the overall record with 26, but that came over two seasons. Is that a noteworthy record? Um, It's tough. I don't know how many, I don't know how many runs they've scored for him. It's a hell of a record, though. Um, that many quality starts and only a two earned runs. Yeah, I mean, but I don't. I mean, is he getting eight runs a game? I don't know. I don't know no. how. I don't know how noteworthy. I don't know how noteworthy that really is. So, to me, the quality start stat is kind of stupid 
because if you go six innings and give up three runs, you get a quality start, but that's a 4.5 ERA. ERA. And if you go, just as an example, if you pitched eight innings and gave up four runs, that is not a quality start, and it's also a 4.5 ERA. So the quality stat start is kind of stupid. The one thing that I do think it means is you are working deep into games. In in baseball now, starting pitchers don't go very deep, but Framber Valdez, 25 straight times, has pitched at least six innings and doesn't give up very many runs. So I don't think it's a very important stat or important record other than he is eating innings and doing it at a... I mean, his ERA is like 2.5 or something like that. Like, he's doing it at a very high rate, but the actual record itself, I think, is kind of dumb. Hey, Dustin May had a no-hitter through five, and they took him out. Oh. Pitch count. Pitch Important. count. Yeah, Verlander's first game back from the IL. Pitch he had count. No hitter through five, and they took him out, yeah. which was fine. He hadn't pitched in like two or three weeks. Right. But yeah, and it's like, ah, you got. It. And his was, he'd only thrown like 78 pitches. It was just. I don't know how many Dustin made through, but pitch count. He's someone that he, he had pretty uh, difficult arm injury with the Tommy John. So <laughs> we know why that is. No, great, great question. Notre Dame beat Cal 24 to 17. Did you see the final play? Yes. With the kid on the ground? <laughs> uh, UNLV lost to Cal by six. UNLV plays Notre Dame. We'll get more into UNLV in just a minute here. Are they going to play Notre Dame tough? Adam Hill believes that if they don't win, and he thinks Notre Dame will be one and five at the time, that it should, it should not be considered an upset. <laughs> that it should not be considered an upset if UNLV goes in there and wins. Okay, hold on. So Notre Dame's next game is North Carolina. On the road. Uh, then they go to BYU. Uh, no, BYU's here at Allegiant. Oh, that's that's true. That's right. That's right. And then they host Stanford. Could be one and five. They could be. They'll probably win all three of those, though. Uh, they're pretty bad. They, they're kind of bad, but they'll, pro- they'll probably win all three of those. So has anyone gone on the record on as I think UNLV beats Notre Dame? Do you want to do it? Oh, I totally will, but that's only because I hate Notre Dame with just such a burning passion because of how many years of the college football playoff I've had to watch them get their asses kicked by being by put Alabama. in. Yeah, by being put in because, well, look at their record. They didn't play anybody. I hate them. Next question. Nebraska lost Oklahoma 49-14. to it was the first game they played without Scott Frost. Got to have Scott Frost back. Yeah, I thought we were going to have, well, we, we said what we said. It was one of two ways, blood or they'd win because they would be for one game. You know, you get that, like players get up for the new coach for one game and then reality sets in the next week and they lose like by 20. They didn't get up for the new coach. Well, I think they did. They actually led yeah. seven nothing. It just only lasted for a quarter. Yeah, it was, it was one of those, yeah! Oh, God, we're out of steam. And then reality yeah. said it. And it's like, oh, Oklahoma's pretty good. Uh, so bring back Scott Frost so Nebraska can continue to lose every game by three points. I was going to say, if he was the yeah. coach, this would have been a one-score game. Oh, no, th- there's no doubt. If Scott Frost, that, that score is 28-25. And that, you were at least watchable on a national yeah. scale. I, like, think, I think, is Notre Dame going to be the new Nebraska? So far this year, games? 11 point loss to Ohio State. Yes, that's more than one score, but but it was close. close. It was closer than a lot of people thought. Five point loss to Marshall and seven point win over Cal. They they, well, they, they the New Nebraska. They won a close game, so maybe not completely. Notre Dame or UNLV's got to win one of those, right? But would it surprise they won you? One of those close games. It wouldn't be surprising if they went and played North Carolina and it was one possession game. 
came here and played BYU in his one possession game and then played Stanford like and was a one possession game. I don't think I would surprise anybody if their next three games are all single possession final scores. So Notre Dame might we've Scott Frost is gone, so it can't be Nebraska anymore. Notre Dame might be, might the new be team. more so new than Nebraska. UNLV. They're winning. No, I'm just saying all the close <laughs> games they've had over the last two years, all the one possession oh, games. Oh well, we'll see. If if UNLV loses this week to Utah State by like two points, then yeah, oh. we might need to anoint Marcus Arroyo as the new because that was the thing with Nebraska last year. They were three and nine. And like all three wins were like by 35 points. Right. Like they were three and nine, and their point differential was only like minus one. Because every time they is win. Is it a blowout or is it a close right. loss? And so, yeah, you're right. Arroyo might be trending to you. And if they lose to Utah State by like three points, oh, he might be the new Scott Frost. He might be, which is uh, not exactly where you want to be. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into some UNLV football after they blew North Texas out. Rumfield claps his hands, hands it to Robbins. Robbins goes up the middle, 40, 45, still on his feet, 50. He's going to cut a field, 50, 40, 35, near sideline, 20, and he's finally hit right on the sideline and going out of bounds. It depends on where they spot it, but that is his 55-yard run by Aiden Robbins, who's having the game of his career. Back to the Press Box Summer Edition. Positive only. I'm ready. Give yeah. it to us. They're going to a bowl. Oh, at grade A. <laughs> Come on. What are you doing? They Come become bowl eligible somehow when they beat Notre Dame. <laughs> I'm not even sure if they'll have enough wins. Oh, the UNLV Rebels. Two and one to start the season. Uh, yes, Jared, they will play enough games that they could be bowl eligible. They could be eligible before they play Notre Dame. That no. is possible. I, I, I want them. If, wait. They, excuse me. I'm sorry. They have four before they play them? Yeah, Utah State, New Mexico, San Jose State, Air Force, and then Notre Dame. Air Force against Wyoming, losing that one. Come on. Nightmare. This is ice cream. Uh, Utah State, New Mexico, certainly winnable games. Neither one of those programs appears to be very good. Although New Mexico did win. Uh, San Jose State on the road, they probably lose that one. Look, it's you. You're Hold on. Bowl game. <laughs> what are you? How many wins are you giving them now? I'm giving. I, I've gone from four to five. I'm going five to six. Okay. I've bought in. Well, they, they are going I to. In. Ed thinks they will be others receiving votes. <laughs> hey, if they're up there, they could. Oh, I, I look. You know, I'm only positive about this team in the past. Yep. That's that's what happens around here. <laughs> Definitely. Um, okay. For a bowl game, UNLV's two and one. They've got one more non-conference game. It's against Notre Dame. We'll see. I'm still. You, you, yeah, that's we'll really see. tough to go and win that game. I get that. I get for that. the moment. I'm giving them a loss. Okay, to I Notre Dame. will too. Right. So no. Nope. <laughs> so if they do in fact lose to Notre Dame, what it means is for UNLV to go to a bowl game. They need to go four and four in no. the Mountain West. In the last twenty years, UNLV has done that twice. So can UNLV? basically break what is a two decade long run here of almost never going four and forward mountain West play. Um, given how the scores we've seen around the mountain West this year, I think they have a really good chance to tell you the truth. This is not, this is not the mountain West that has been in the you know recent years where four or five teams look like they're going to be bowl eligible. Cause I'll give you this as well. 2018 UNLV started two and one. They lost to a PAC 12 school. USC. 
this year's okay. team well, lost to a Pac-12 okay. school in Cal. Cal. They beat a group of five team, blew them out. That team blew out UTEP 52 to 24. This team just blew out uh, North Texas. And they beat an FCS school, Prairie View A&M. Blew them out as well. This team blew out an FCS tool, uh, team. They then lost six straight and went two and eight in the Mountain I West. I just don't think in this Mountain West that's gonna, they're going to do that. I think the Mountain... And again, I'm not saying it's... I think it's a combination. I think they're better. I think offensively, you know, there's going to be some Mountain West teams struggling to stop them. But I just think the Mountain West is so down that they've moved up to... You someone's got to be up! Someone's got to be up. <laughs> so... UNLV beats North Texas 58 to 27. And to me, the the key from that game is that the offensive line was dominant against mm-hmm. North Texas. And there and and it worked in two ways. Number one, Aiden Robbins, UNLV running back, had a terrific game. I don't know if he was touched within three yards of the line of scrimmage the entire game. Right? He ran for 227 yards on 29 carries and three touchdowns. Averaged 7.8 yards per carry. Aiden Robbins had a phenomenal game. He didn't have to do anything for the first four or five yards almost every time he touched the ball. Right? Anything after that, he did very well. But the offensive line was dominant to where they could hand the ball off and reliably get five yards pretty much every single time. That's one part of the offensive line being dominant. The other part, Doug Brumfield was not under pressure. And the few times that he was, he kind of did what Kyler Murray did and just scrambled. Yeah, just scrambled out. Just ran for a first down. Doug Brumfield, what we've seen in three games this year, when Doug Brumfield is under pressure, he's not very good. And every quarterback gets worse when they're under pressure, but Doug Brumfield mm. is awful under pressure so far this year. The game against Cal, Doug Brumfield was under pressure on four of the five biggest plays, and they didn't even complete a pass, right? Doug Brumfield under pressure is not good. Doug Brumfield, with a clean pocket, has been phenomenal this season. They Listen, they picked apart Idaho State. That's a bad FC. That's not just an FCS school. That's a bad FCS team. North Texas is fine. Like, that's mm-hmm. not... I doubt North Texas, we're going to look back and say, oh, that's a great team. But North Texas is... North Texas is one of those six-win, go-to-bowl-all-the-time right. teams. They're, they're a good comparison for Mountain West teams right. that UNLV is going to play. And Doug Brumfield was 21 of 27. For 211 yards and two touchdowns. He was excellent. When if if this offensive line, here's the thing: if this offensive line can do one of those two things, if they can clear the path and Aiden Robbins gets four yards before contact every step, the run game's gonna be awesome. Or if clean pocket for Doug Brumfield. Right. Then Doug Brumfield is gonna be phenomenal. I was trying to like get you to kind of clear your throat without the microphone being on. I don't know what just happened there. So if they can do one of those two things, <laughs> the offense is going to be very is going to be good. If they can do both of those things, you know, I mean, the offense is going to be great all uh, season. Man, my I guess my main question that I I'm still not a hundred percent sure how good they're going to be against the Mountain West. Like, are we going to really? look back and say? North Texas isn't actually that good, and that was just I mean, a... I think you make a good point that North Texas seems to be Mountain West level. Yeah. And maybe Mountain West level this year. So if you go through North Tech, they're 2-2, two and two, right? They just got blown up by UNLV. They blew out Texas Southern, FCS school, right. whatever. They got blown out by SMU 48-10, to 10, uh, and they beat UTEP 31-13. to 13. 
New Mexico just beat UTEP by multiple scores too. New Mexico, despite the win, might still be one of the worst teams in the conference. So I, I listen. I don't know if we look back and North Texas finishes this year three and nine, and if they do, we might look back and say, "Oh, well, of course UNLV blew them out." Or if we look, maybe North Texas is a team that goes seven and five, and it's like, "Oh, that was actually a very solid win for UNLV." Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know yet. I think the Cal loss might actually be the one that means the most so far, because Cal the Pac-12 opponent. They just went to Notre Dame and played them close, like losing to Cal by a single possession. That might be the so far the best telling one of the season. So I just, I don't know, but I, I do, I'm not jumping in on your hot take just yet, but I have you moved them from four mm-hmm. to five? Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's, that's at least, that's a three and five Mountain West record. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're winning three Mountain West games. Hawaii and Nevada suck. Um, New Mexico's not very good. San Diego State's in play. They are in play. Everybody's in play. I was going to say, the, well, well, and Fresno, the quarterback. Yeah, Jake Hayner got yeah, hurt. He got hurt. So, Fresno, like, Fresno State's probably the best team in the conference, but the quarterback's hurt. Air Force, who we said last week, was probably the best Lose team in the to conference. Wyoming, Lost to Wyoming. 14. So, yeah, it's certainly, there's certainly not really a game on the schedule you look at and say, oh, they've got no chance at winning that, right? Air Force is going to be tough. Fresno is going to be tough. San Diego State's going to be tough, right? But they're not games anymore you look at and say UNLV can't win. So they're no. certainly getting three. But I do think the one of the things I need to see is UNLV win a close game. They're not blowing out four Mountain West teams by 30 points, right? That's, that's not happening. They're going to have to win a close game, probably three or four of them, to get to a bowl game. And... Until we see that, I can't. I can't give them six. You can't give them six. No, I, I got to right. see them win a close game before I can believe they're going to get to six. Coming up <laughs> next, Lindsey Brown joins the show. Awaits the snap at Goodwin. Feeds the ball to Ingram. Bounces back to his right. He's got a big gain inside the ten. On a fumble football. It's loose. Did the Bucks come up with it? Tampa Bay says we did. All of the sun, none of the fun on the press box summer edition. Joining us now is Lindsey Brown. She'll be with us tomorrow on the show, but we're getting an introduction now. Good morning, Lindsey. Hey, are Lindsay. You? Doing fine this morning, gentlemen. It's great to be in a city of champions. Doesn't it feel awesome? Oh, yeah. All right. What, uh, what was your favorite part of the Aces celebration last night? Oh, the four shots deep comment. <laughs> I, I think the, the comment on the parade is hilarious. You know, this, this team has been so fun to watch all summer long. And this goes back in the last couple of years because, you know, Kate Plum was coming off the bench the last couple of seasons. Like we've seen this narrative develop and you can see how close they all are. Like just as someone who spent a lot of time um, in locker rooms myself, I'm just so jealous of that plane ride that they took home last night and just probably the last like 12 hours or so, because that's really where the memories are. I mean, they're hazy, but this is where, you know, 20 years, 30 years down the road, You'll remember bits and pieces of the game, sure, but it's the after and the celebration and and that shared journey that you went on with with a great group of ladies. Wait a minute, do we know? Did they get a private flight home, or did they have to like connect through Chicago via Southwest Airlines? The plane looked empty on their social media, and so I, I think that uh, Marky Mark probably got him a charter. Okay, right? he's paying. He's paying a fine after that. <laughs> yeah, like okay, Connecticut's no, got to be the. Take it on the chin, Mark. It's fine. <laughs> Connecticut's got to be the worst place to win the title, 
Right, it's got to oh, be the in terms worst of place. trying to get in and out. Oh, and just yeah. like what what city did Andy Uncasville, whatever Uncasville. the hell that Uncasville. is. That's the, that was the Dateline. Oh. It is the armpit of America, gentlemen. Yeah. It's the absolute worst. <laughs> I won a couple hockey games in that state. It's just brutal. Got to be the worst place to win the title. All right, so yeah. we've had this debate. Um, be honest with us. Do you like parades? No, no. Wait, that was was that a yes or a no? I've never been in a championship parade before in my life, and so like I think this is gonna be much different than the let's throw candy at the Fourth of July parade. Like this one, if they're saying four shots deep, I mean, guys, I know I got a shift with you tomorrow morning, but then what? What's the rest of our day look like? Well, all right. I didn't really. The the answer to the the question, Ed, was parades suck unless you're drunk and at a championship parade. But it parades a parade. Well, then tomorrow's going to be the best day ever. <laughs> yes. It's 8 4. I don't think you get to claim Lindsay. I'm claiming You've also subtracted some from me. I'm, I'm, claim, I'm claiming that one. It's 8 4. Okay. Tyler leads now. If drinking was involved, of course I'm on your side. <laughs> yeah, Lindsay, we've been arguing about I'm anti parade. Not not necessarily like championship parade, just all parades in general. They're, nobody wants to actually go to parade except Ed, apparently. And Danny. When did joy leave your life fully? <laughs> Whatever. Parades, parades are brutal. Um, they're, they're not fun at all. Um, actually, oh, you know what else? And I didn't ask you this either. I saw a tweet yesterday. I can't remember who sent it. But somebody that was at the WNBA Finals said that uh, Mark Davis said he did not know the score of the Raiders game. And this was like at 530. This, the Raiders game was over. Right. Do you believe him? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's I interesting. Do. I, I do. I do, t- I, I do too. I actually do. I mean, you yeah. could say, like, it's highly unlikely. Like, you're going to check your phone for sure. Like, why wouldn't you? But I think, like, he really understood the impact and the moment and, and what that organization has done. And I really think that he probably engrossed himself. And I bet yeah. you he made a point to be like, you know what? I'm going to focus on where my feet are today and not wear back and Vegas. Because, honestly, maybe he checked in after the first half and said, I can just check out at this point. I mean, it's <laughs> in the bag, gentlemen. Like, we're all good. But I, I, I honestly I think, like, there's something about David. I believe him. I wrote a story for the paper talking to him last week about what he was going to do, and he said he was going to the basketball game, and he said, I will not check the football score. He goes, now he did say, I yeah. won't know anything about the football game until after the basketball game. So basketball give, game was over. How 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 much was it over? Were they like was he holding the trophy aloft like I saw him in the in the picture? The tweet was like six o'clock or something like that, five thirty. So the basketball game had been over for multiple hours. Ooh. So and, and well, we all had that awkward time where the ESPN alert goes off though, right? <laughs> <Yeah>, that's the worst. Because all right, if I was the owner of an NFL team and I wasn't at the game. And my team blew a twenty to nothing lead and lost on a fumble, a scoop and score in overtime. And somebody in the media came up to me and said, "Hey, did you see the score of your football team?" I would absolutely say, "Nope, what football team? Never heard of them." That would... Well, it wasn't just that they lost it on the fumble; it was the two fumbles in a row. Right. It wasn't the first time we kept it. Ridiculous. Uh, um, Lindsay, which uh, which team blew it the hardest yesterday? The Browns, the Raiders, or the Ravens? Oh man! I mean, I had two on my fantasy bench, and so <laughs> oh, so I'm did I. Yeah. To go that nice. way. Nice, nice. <laughs> That's great. Absolutely brutal. But I, I, I would say the Raiders, though, because it's just 
they had such an opportunity against a team that I think really hasn't figured themselves out yet in the Arizona Cardinals. Like, they have a lot of pieces. They have a lot of character in the room. But you never know what kind of effort that you're going to get. And it's weird because last year the Raiders were so bad in the first half, and then they turned it off in the second half, and then they'd save their ass a few times for that overtime game or that last-minute catch against the Jets. But this year it's a complete opposite. And now we're only two games into it. It's very limited sample size. But it just seems, you know, so different when all of a sudden you have, like, Devontae Adams with 17 targets last week. And I was saying, like, hey, instead of going three out of five targets, they maybe go two out of five. And they diversified for that first half yesterday, which was great. But in the second half, they just went to sleep. It was like they were watching the Aces game. They're like, the, the job is done. We had people in the stands popping champagne. You've seen that on social media. God, we're a popular fan base in places outside of us. It's unbelievable. Wait, wait. We know Darren Waller was watching. Oh, he should have been yeah. been better than playing. Um, the 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 video of the people popping champagne in the little nightclub on the field level. Did you see the the, the picture of the video, Ed? Okay, so there's there was a camera shot yeah. of people popping champagne in the little nightclub what, in, area. in the club down there. Right. <laughs> I I when I saw it, I was under the impression that was a hey, the Aces won the title. Um, but I don't know that for sure. That might have been people just popping champagne because the Raiders were up twenty to nothing, or because it was a club and they were just like, "What football game? I'm here to pop champagne." But I didn't know. But yes, people were parade popping prep. champagne at <laughs> parade prep. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. It was. <laughs> um, in, in the press box, the guy announced like at least five times. If you're interested, the Las Vegas Aces <laughs> have won the WNBA championship. And he always prefaced it with it. If you're interested. The Aces have won. And he, and he reminded us like an hour later. By the way, if you didn't hear and you're interested, the Las oh. Vegas Aces have won the WNBA they, championship. They like, should have Jesus. put it on one of the TVs. There's like eight TVs. It's true. You could have put it on one of them. I mean, it's not like a, you could see the field. We had a couple people watching it on the phones. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Adam Hill. Yes. You can say his <laughs> yes. name. Just on the phone? Wait, hold on. Adam Hill's on the phone? Well, it wasn't on the television. Well, I was going to say, like, if I go, if I cover a game and I know I want to watch something else, I have a tablet I specifically use to take with me. <laughs> nah, to watch it's got to be for football. I, I once watched Adam Hill during a UNLV, I want to say basketball game, watching a Patriot League basketball game <laughs> on its laptop. <laughs> hey, he's in that league where you have, you have to pick teams to get wins. Wait, have you sat next to Gramala? Oh he does the same thing. Has a tablet to watch whatever other sporting event is going on. No, I only sit next to him. Are we just basketball. calling think out he, media? I think is he pays the attention. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Attention. Absolutely. Lindsay, calling I want to ask you this. Uh, I'm sure you saw it. Uh, Mark Stone can't go to a, Canada, a Canadian grocery store without being told his team sucks. Um, <laughs> I, without I, holding his what sucks? And t- without, his, <laughs> without being told his team stinks. He, he oh, said that yeah. when he was in Canada, you know, everyone was walking up to him telling him they stink. I don't know really if it was in the grocery store. It might have just been friends and family. Now we've got Logan Thompson saying, oh, no one believes in us. No one believes us. Is this just their way of trying to, like, pump themselves up, or do you actually believe that they, they actually believe this, even though everyone doesn't think they stink? Uh, I'm all for this narrative. I'm all for the underdog mindset, guys, because this team, you know, has ridden on the fumes of your run for so long in the minds of fan bases like our own and just the NHL at large. And then we all know about, like, the Canadians and how they feel about their game. So I I really am very optimistic about this team. I think that the Logan Thompson character actually could be a huge, huge part of their success, a reason for their success, because if he's not successful, they're not going to have a good time. But we've seen early careers for goaltenders as of late finding success. I'm talking about Jake Ottinger. I'm talking about Jordan Bennington. I'm talking about 
Carter Hart to an extent, except that he plays for Philadelphia. So actually he's not going to find that much success, but <laughs> you can find these guys that have a little bit of flair to their personality. We know that like after his quote last year, we stopped Ovechkin on that breakaway. Like, you know, that this guy has a little bit of dog in him and that's what this team needs. That's what, that's what Flurry had in his game that this team fed off of. And Leonard has it to, to an extent. He just relies on different type of momentum saves to get the crowd pumped up, to get the team more engaged. And there, he wasn't really seeing them. And so with Thompson, you get a little bit different look. Somebody who plays the puck differently, somebody who's going to have a little bit different of a presence. And I think that's going to pay off for guys like Mark Stone, where all of the pressure, all of the expectation, we expect you to dig us out of this hole, Mark, because you are expressive Mark Stone and you score goals and have the best hand in the league. Like, you got to allocate pressure across the team as much as you can. And that just wasn't present last season because there's too many injuries. What did you think Ed said when he said team sucks? <laughs> I know I was just making sure that he said team. I wasn't sure what he actually said in the first place. I was like, what are you asking me exactly? Hey. <laughs> It's, you might be right because Max Pacioretty said they were soft, and after losses, they golfed instead of uh, we were mad at each other. Oh, I bet they did. Oh, I'm sure I, they did. They were out. They were out golfing. Well, it's easy to hear, gentlemen. Like it, we live in a paradise, technically, even though it acts like an oven sometimes. But but you, when you live in these places, like when you live in Canada, you're a little more reclusive. You expect different things when you go out, just like how you would expect a little bit different of a lifestyle here that you would probably have to be a little bit more hard on yourself. Maybe we don't golf twice a week. I don't know what these guys' schedules, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't live their lives. But if you're not getting the desired results, then you need to change the preparation. You need to change the way that you do your job because the execution hasn't been there. But that's why they bring Bruce Cassidy in. So they need to move the team to Uncasville, Connecticut. Yes. That'd be tough travel for the beat riders, I'll tell you that. (laughs) She is Lindsey Brown. Lindsey, we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Lindsey. Looking forward to it. So there is Lindsey Brown. Uh, She will be, she already has. Do you look forward to waking up in the morning? Uh, No, it's very early. (laughs) Exactly. No, not at all. Almost overslept my alarm this morning. You'll be the only one in here looking forward to any of this. (laughs) Jared, are you looking forward to it? I, I love my job. I just don't like that I have to wake up at 5.30 in there the morning. That's what we're talking about. It sucks. But, I, I mean, I like this part, and I like the when I get to pull little sound bites that you guys go, what what, what was that? Why did you play it? it? happens a lot. All right, we got tickets to give away. If you want to go see Roger Waters, this is not a drill, live in the round, Saturday, October 1st at T-Mobile. What do you got, Jared? Ed, do you know who Roger Waters is? I do not. Okay, never mind then. I was hoping that I could form some sort of Tyler doesn't know who Rogers Water was. Collective, I'm by myself. Keep going. Uh, he co-founded the band Pink Floyd, according to Wikipedia. Uh, if you want to go see Roger Waters, 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Again, that's Saturday night at T-Mobile Arena on October 1st. Uh, we'll take caller number 15 to go see Roger Waters. Again, 702-364-1100. 22 seconds of play in the third. Trevor under center. Play fake. Trevor's going to run to the right. He's going to toss it to Christian Kirk. Oh, the touchdown! Touchdown pass from Trevor Lawrence to Christian Kirk. You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. Okay, you played that just because he's on your fantasy team, didn't you? Also, okay, apparently when they paid him, unlike Devontae Adams, they went... Nobody, you're getting these passes. Hey, the Raiders threw to Devontae Adams in week one. They just forgot about him in week two. That's all. He forgot to stay around and talk to the media. 
Oh yeah. Should we? Should he get uh, criticized for that? Shame, He's shame, shame, shame. We had not been let in, and oh, he walked past us. Man. He's out. Sh- quick shame. shower. That is a quick shower. Quick shower. Didn't have a whole lot to think about. Uh, does he deserve blame for that yet? For not talking to the media? Yeah. Mm-hmm. After yeah, a game no. with two catches, 12 yards? Yeah. I, I would say this. If he does that after either A, like every loss, or B, after every like game where he has, you know, 50 yards I or don't less. think he would do it after a win with 50 yards or less. You don't think? Okay. No, no, okay. no. Because so if... then you're really looking <laughs> selfish. You do He's... it after losses. I wouldn't do it after everyone, but if he did it after everyone, I think he deserves some criticism. Right. But I'll, I'll give him, I'll give give him a pass him, for this one. Right. I'll give him a pass for one week. If next right. week... If, oh, they, if the they lose to Tennessee and we're outside the locker room and he walks past us, then yeah. Yeah, that'd be a pretty bad look. By the way, is this... This tweet doesn't sound right. Josh Dubow just tweeted, the Bears have completed 15 passes in the first two games. The Bears have only completed well, 15 passes? They played in a monsoon in the first game. But so. they played an entire second yeah. game yesterday. <laughs> you te- What did they do yesterday? What did he throw? Like for seven yards or seven completions? That's Bears, a ridiculously Packers. no number. Box score. Come on. <laughs> Seven of eleven yesterday. He only attempted eleven. Yeah. Good God. Wait. Which he he said complete. He said completed. Yeah, com- they've so he completed, completed more passes in a monsoon than he did last yeah, night. He did. He did. By the way, how do you feel if you're the Bears? You're you're playing the Packers, the guy who last year said that he still owns you. The Packers. Rodgers is literally throwing to Sammy Watkins and. Randall Cobb, right? They do not have a good wide receiver on that team, and you still lose by 17. Right. My God, how much does it suck to be a Bears fan? I know a few. It's not uh, good. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, I know a few. You get most of your joy by flipping off the owner when they show her in the box. Like, that's brutal. Like, the Packers should not be that good this season. Like, they're going to be, they're going to win the division. But like they're the Packers coming off a bad week, no receivers for Aaron Rodgers. You, you probably feel good about Justin Fields, and yet you still get crushed. Do you by feel good about points. Justin Fields? If you're a Bears fan, you probably do. He's not Mitch Trubisky, right? We we talked about this last week. Who's the best quarterback they've had? Like in the last thirty years, is it Jay Cutler? Yeah, no, yeah. he's he's like their all time leading passer. Yeah. Right. Well. Everybody who's played in the last like ten years is generally the all-time leading passer. But like, well, the Bears weren't ever known for right. Passing. But even even like era adjusted, they've never had a good quarterback. So they they probably do believe in Justin Fields. I'm pretty sure I have some like far off uncles that are still like, man, Harbaugh was the last time we had a good quarterback. <laughs> uh, so this season, he throw three picks, but we'd always be in it. Fields has completed 15 passes. He's attempted 28. He's thrown for 191 yards. A gentleman's. Two touchdowns, two picks. That's two games. Huh. He has not, half for Tua. He has not thrown 200 passing yards in two games this season. By the way, he's only rushed for 48 yards right. on so 19 So he's not picking it up carries. on the ground. Yeah. His long rush of the season is 12 yards. That's not very good. That's bad. How are they going to win games this year? 
I know. I know I, they beat the 49ers. Do they have to play every game in a monsoon? Is that how they win games? I, I mean, also, I don't think the Detroit Lions are actually trying to accomplish what they accomplished this weekend. I think that they're like, all right, we accidentally won. That takes us out of the Jacoby Winman lottery. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? <laughs> they got kneecap fighter Dan Campbell. They are Dan Campbell is trying to win. Oh, I, I, I'm 100% aware of that. He, I don't think he's aware. He never got the message. Right. The, the, the coach is trying to win. And by the way, the Lions have put up 30-plus in back-to-back games. Yeah. They lost to Philly, but they scored 35. And last or yesterday, 36 against Washington. They that, stepped on their necks, too. Yeah, that, it's going to be a good offense. You're going to get... The Lions are going to beat the Bears by three touchdowns. When do they play? Well, I'm sure they play on Thanksgiving. November 13th? <laughs> oh, no. It'll, uh, be a, it'll be a snowstorm. Oh, I thought my God. for sure it was on Thanksgiving. And then they play Jan- oh, January 1st is in Detroit. Okay, that's they got a roof. But November 13th at Chicago, if that is remotely good weather, the Lions are winning by multiple yeah. touchdowns. If it's a monsoon, it's a monsoon. is going to complete 8 of 12, yeah. they're going to win. <laughs> the Bears got a chance. <laughs> the Bears are going to roll. So, man, sucks to be a Bears fan. It's, it, it sucks. Totally. I'm not even a Bears fan, but I looking at you that. You feel bad I can, for him? A little bit. I can just tell. But that sucks because Justin Fields is your savior and he's not Tua.